trip. Or maybe you're going on a long run or going to have a workout. What would be on that playlist that you would listen to in the car or in the gym or on that run? I'm going to share a few songs from my own playlist for you this morning. I will preface that by saying we do not judge each other in this church. So don't judge my songs like I would not judge yours. So that one of the first songs that maybe you would see on my workout playlist on my phone right now would be September, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I know Pastor Jay loves that song. He was married in September. Paul and I were married in September. That's a nice song that we like to listen to. And then you may see a song, The Best of My Love, The Emotion. You got the best of my, you know that song, come on now, I don't need to sing it to you, that's going to pop up on my phone, and if you saw it, it wouldn't bother me if you wanted to make fun of me of that, because I love that jam, and then I would hopefully have a worship song pop up there, The Firm Foundation by Coney Carnes, one of my favorite songs, and then, because it is after November 1st, Christmas music is legal to listen to, and one of my favorite songs is by the queen of Christmas herself. All I want for Christmas is you, by Mariah Carey, is on my workouts playlist. Yes, it's true. Now, over 3,000 years ago, when Psalm 121 was written, they didn't have Spotify nor Apple Music, and so they didn't have the playlist like I'm showing you here, but if they did, I assume Mariah Carey would be on theirs as well. But in Psalm 121 we read that it is a song itself. A song that would have actually been on the psalmist's playlist. So turn to Psalm 121. Psalms is a part of the wisdom literature that we've been looking at these past couple of weeks. And if you turn to Psalm 121, underneath of the title, you would read something that says this. It's a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. Now, a pilgrim is someone who is going somewhere specifically. And in this case, a pilgrim would have been going to Jerusalem, which was the central place of worship for those who were worshiping Yahweh. Psalm 121 is a song that's a part of a whole consortium of psalms called the Songs of the Ascents. That these songs would literally be sung as they were going to Jerusalem, and these psalms or these songs would be on their road trip playlist as they thought about life and God and everything in between. And what I love about that word pilgrim is that all of us are pilgrims. All of us are on a journey going somewhere, specifically a spiritual journey, some of us know exactly where that journey is going. We maybe have started it from an early age, and we know exactly what the destination is. Others of us would say, you know what, I don't know where to even begin on that journey. Others of us have started the journey, but a boulder is blocking our path, and we're not sure how to continue on in the journey. Well, I'm hoping that Psalm 121 will be added to your life playlist so you can sing it and say it and know who God is and it will help you on your own pilgrimage. Now because of all of the baptisms we have today we will not be able to go through and teach through all of Psalm 121 but I want to read it to you because it is so encouraging. Here's what it says in the NIV version. 
I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He watches over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. That first verse again says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? When the psalmist is writing this psalm on his pilgrimage to Jerusalem, he's at a part of his journey where he's going through something difficult. And he has stopped and he's pondering, what does he do next? Now, one of the reasons he may have gone through difficulty is because someone may have robbed him. There were robbers along the way who would take advantage of those that were on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and they would go after them and maybe he's reeling from what he had to go through. Or maybe he's just tired. Many of us on the journey find ourselves tired, spiritually tired, relationally tired, emotionally tired and he has gone a long way but then he looks up and he has a long way to go. What does he do? The question to you this morning is what do you and I do when we find ourselves on the journey struggling to take the next step? For the psalmist says, where do I go? Who do I turn to? We ask the same thing when we go through a hard time. Where do we go now? Who will help us in our struggles? Oftentimes we ask those kinds of questions when we're going through pain and suffering, when we're going through grief or doubt whether we're going through relational pain or physical pain. Some of, those, some of us are ans- asking that question right now because we lost a loved one or a friend or we lost our job or we're not sure of the next steps in our lives. Others of us are trying to go forward but we continue to trip and fall over our bad habits or addictions and we ask ourselves, how do we take our next step? Where do I go next? Who will help me along the way? For the psalmist, the psalmist says, I look up to the mountains, will they help me? Now you may think when we say look up to the mountains, you may think, well he's just looking up to where God is because the mountains are a symbol of something on high and God reigns on high. That's not the case here. The psalmist is actually considering another option other than God. The mountains actually are an example of finding prosperity or comfort outside of God. Or there were these false gods that said, look, if you trust me now, I will give you hope. I will give you meaning. I will give you comfort now. But they don't always say what's going to happen in the end. In other words, the psalmist is looking up to the mountains and asking himself, should I go with what's easy? Should I go for the quick fix? I know if I say yes to this thing right now, it will help me feel better along the way. So what does he do? Does he settle for the quick fix, the temporary, the easy, or does he look to God? What do you and I do? You see, oftentimes we want to look 
at God for our help. But so often I know in my life, I look to so many other things other than God because it's easy, because it's there, because it promises a quick fix in the moment, but it never tells me what the end result's going to be. And so often when I say yes to those kinds of things for help, Though I may go forward on the journey, usually that goes to a dead end or I fall off the cliff. It was in Seth Haynes' memoir, Coming Clean, which is such a raw memoir of someone struggling with alcoholism who finds Jesus, says it's so easy to look to everything else other than God for help, for he puts it this way. We all chase, all reach for something to cure this kindred pain this native groaning. He says, I nurse an appetite for liquor. I suppose I could have turned to things eternal. Didn't Jesus promise us rest? But we seem to have a way of losing ourselves in our man-made selves, whether it's the bottle, the pill, the cheeseburger, self-inflicted starvation, whatever that thing is for you. When we go through a hard time Oftentimes, we look to God and say, why did you do this to us? I thought you were good. How could I go through this? And I wonder sometimes if God says back to us, I am good, but you've chosen something else and pushed me out of the picture. So how in the world am I able to show you how good I am when you have reached for something else? See, the psalmist has to ask the question, where does my help come from? You and I have to ask the same question. Where does my help come from in times of need? Where do I reach, the mountains or God himself? After he asks himself the question, he considers it for himself, he declares this, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He boldly declares that he considers all of the other options and though they promise temporary relief, they will never give satisfaction to the soul. And so he declares, I don't know what's going to happen in the next minute of my life, the next hour of my life, the next day of my life, the next 10 years of my life. I don't know, but here's what I do know. Here's what I can control. That when I'm at a crossroads on my pilgrimage to see God, I have a choice. And that choice is to reach for the one who is my refuge and my strength. The one that will never let me down. The one who created me and will sustain me. The one who promises to give me a future even when I can't see what that future is. You and I have a choice. Who we reach out to when it counts the most. Six days ago, one of my close friends, Todd Spore, passed away. His funeral was here on Wednesday. His casket was right here in the front of this place. Todd was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer about three years ago. And after fighting it for a long time, the doctors said that he was cancer-free. Two years ago, he was in this baptismal tank with his older daughter, Alexa. Things were looking great until the cancer came back with a vengeance. And Todd started to deteriorate very, very quickly after things were not helping him cure the cancer. He went through treatment after treatment, but it came pretty clear after a while that it wasn't going to save his life. Todd had an option. 
He had the option of reaching for so many other things other than God. And honestly, who could have blamed him? He's suffering. He's struggling. He has to leave his family behind. Who would have blamed him if he would have just reached out temporarily for something else to help him? But he didn't. He finished the race as faithfully as I've ever seen someone do, and he was only 45 years old. When he asked the question, where does my help come from, he had all the options in the world, but he chose Jesus. He chose the right thing, and it made all the difference. Because now, his friends, his family, people that know him, are impacted by his life because he made it count, because he had a choice. Where does my help come from? And he answered it with Jesus. Those who are being baptized today, they've answered the same thing. They have struggles. All of us have struggles. No one is better than anybody else stepping foot in this tank, but they had a question to answer. Where does my help come from? And they have declared, my help comes from the Lord. When they step in this baptismal tank, they're believing in a God who too went on a pilgrimage. But his pilgrimage was in reverse. We are walking this earth to go to heaven someday. He left heaven to come to earth. Our pilgrimage hopefully ends when we're with Jesus in heaven. He left heaven so we can be with him someday. He walked the path that we walk, but the difference is he was perfect. He was flawless. And though we want our path to end in heaven, Jesus' path ended on the cross. He died for our sins, died for our shame, died for our guilt, died for death itself. And then he was buried into the ground. And everyone thought it was over. Everyone thought his pilgrimage was done. Until three days later, Jesus was risen from the grave, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating guilt, laying it down in the tomb so when he rises, he can live. And so when we die, we can rise and live as well. Where does your help come from? Those being baptized today said, my help comes from the Lord. I want to live my life on purpose and for a purpose. And I'm so glad we get to celebrate that today. Stay seated and let's just reprise this one verse. Let's invite up into the baptismal take justice. Give it up for justice. <laughs> justice said, as a child, I grew up as a Catholic believer, but I wouldn't say I necessarily lived for Christ. In a sense, I made up my own rules and followed God's word when I felt manageable and made excuses when it seemed too difficult. I don't want to say that I didn't have a real relationship with God, but it was nothing close to how I feel, think, and see God in my life today. About two years ago, another relationship collapsed in my life. 
I was stuck dealing with anxiety and loneliness. Fortunately for me, this is the exact place where God came, met me, picked me up, and slowly started putting me back together. One day I saw a video of a sermon preached at a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the Spirit was moving in me. Mm. I continued to keep up with the services online every Sunday morning. The moment that changed everything was when I was left lying in bed telling God I would do or be whatever he called me to do. I told him that my life didn't go well uh, when I was living for myself and under my own direction. It was the first time I could say that I was going to be living a sacrificial life for the Lord. The love and forgiveness God met me with was not something I deserved or earned. Living for myself for 23 years, I deserved to fight through the mess that I created on my own. Luckily, that's simply not who God is. He looked at me like a doctor would as a patient, not as a judge looking at someone who was a lawbreaker. He sewed the broken parts of me back together and stood me on my feet. It was evident that he, not me, was healing every part of my being. And from the day I came into this world, his arms have been waiting open for me, and I was called to run into them. God is the only reason I am able to defeat anxiety, rejection, lust, loneliness, and feeling meaninglessness. He's the only reason I will be able to do anything worthy of praise in the future, as he is the one who's created every detail about me. And I would like to be baptized because of what God's word says. He says in Matthew 28, 19, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to be obedient and seek the Lord in any and every possible way. I have asked the Spirit hundreds of times to build in me a staircase to the Lord and lay out the steps before me. And that is exactly what has happened. As I take this step with confidence and conviction, I'm forever grateful for the love, mercy, and open arms of Jesus. Justice, I just want to say preach it. That's, that was amazing, was hearing that. Thank you so much. <clears throat> You've come to the right place. This is the right next step for you, clearly. So you have made a decision to follow Jesus. And you want to follow his example and his command to be baptized. Justice, because of your faith in Jesus, your desire to be baptized in his name, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well done. Good job, Justice. Let's invite next to the baptismal tank, tank Paula Stellhorn. Paula said, I was baptized as an infant, raised in the church, and was confirmed in the Lutheran faith. I've taken my confirmation seriously and tried to live a life of faith, seeking Jesus and reading the Bible since my children were very young. I strive to be a good Christian, but I wasn't really sure what it could mean to have peace that passes all understanding. Though I believe in forgiveness, I've also made mistakes in my life that would eat away at my peace. I wanted to know Jesus truly, but sometimes I felt like I had built up a wall. However, recently, I've come to understand this true feeling of amazing peace that Jesus offers. Though I had asked for forgiveness and believed I was forgiven, I kept taking back the regrets and held on to them, 
as if I needed to be reminded of them over and over again. Now, finally, I have accepted, truly accepted the forgiveness only Jesus provided by his death and resurrection. I could see my sins laid down at the foot of the cross and cleansed by his blood. I am now free and redeemed. And all those things that mess with my mind are gone. It's amazing grace. So now is the time to be baptized so I can take the next steps to serve Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask the Holy Spirit to guide me day by day, learning to obey, because I am grateful. Paula, this is a different setting to see you here. I mean, we see Paula every week at the chapel. She's one of our key volunteers who help in the front office, and um, she has a wonderful family, and this is a wonderful example for your family, a wonderful example for all of us, and thank you for sharing your story. Paula, I, I know the answer to this question, but you have, you have made the decision to follow Jesus, and you want to follow his example and his command to be baptized. Paula, because of your faith in Jesus and because of your desire to be baptized in his name, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job. Good job, Paula. All right, next up, give it up for Ben Musser. Ben said, I accepted Jesus at a young age at Camp Patmos. I wanted to follow Jesus because he died on the cross so that my sins can be forgiven. I want to be baptized because I'm ready to show and express my faith. He's been so good to me. He has answered my prayers and has never failed me. I'm ready for him to use me to spread the word of God and become more like him. Ben, that's a, that's a great story. It's so good to share this moment with your dad, Tom, and your mom, Cecily, wherever she is right now. Uh, Cecily's on our staff and heads up our kids' ministry, and it's just great to have you here to set an example for your family and for the others in the room who are your age, and just great to be a, uh, glad to be a part of this. Ben, you have made the decision to follow Jesus and you want to follow his example in baptism and his command to be baptized. Ben, because of your faith in Jesus, your desire to be baptized in his name, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Next up is Dylan. Give it up for Dylan. Hi, my name is Dylan, and as I continue on in my career in the military, I realize that I needed to ask, uh, I figure in my life that, you, that God is able to do what I can do when I'm alone. Growing up, living with my single mother at the time, she was struggling financially and mentally. We didn't have a man, we didn't have much. I remember a time where my mother was praying for any kind of help, whether it was money, an inspiration, anything. Later, after I had an opportunity to work my first job to help my mother afford groceries, I was wanting to thank Mr. Zilch for giving that opportunity to me that I needed. I also want to thank God for allowing me to understand everything that was going on at the time. Over the past couple of weeks, I have been going to Bible studies hosted by Caden and his mom, Dee. During those studies, I've really felt the need to bring Jesus into my life not just for protection,
but as Dee says, as a friend, someone I can talk to, to whenever and whenever I need him. I wanna continue to pray, I wanna continue to understand who Jesus is, I wanna further understand what it means to be a Christ follower. And finally, I wanna follow God's path. He knows what's best for me, and I can truly trust that. I wanna thank Jen, Caden, Lily, Cliff, Cody, and Justice for taking the time to help me understand who Jesus is. There we go. Uh, you are, uh, what a great weekend. This is Veterans Day weekend. Wow. This is meaningful. And you are in the Air Force. Hey. And, yet, and yet you're surrounded by an army of guys. Yeah. But even cooler is that you're part of God's family. And it's our privilege to be a part of this with you. Thank you for your story. Um, Dylan, you have made the decision to follow Jesus. And you want to follow his example and his command to be baptized. Because of your faith in Jesus and your desire to follow him in baptism, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good job, buddy. Well, last but certainly not least, I want to invite Stephanie Spore into the tank. I mentioned my friend Todd that passed away on Monday. This is his wife. saying I can do it. Jeez. I wrote this at 4 a.m. November 4th, 2023, two days before Todd passed away. I was decorating our Christmas tree so Todd would be able to see it. And something stopped me in my track, so I started writing. I was baptized at an early age and grew up learning about Jesus, but I don't believe I had a relationship with him until more recently. My husband Todd was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer three years ago. And as I watched him battle this terrible disease, I witnessed his true faith and fellowship with the Lord. Todd never questioned God's plan or was fearful, even in the darkest moments of pain. I now understand what it means to have a beautiful, loving relationship with our Lord. I believe in eternal life and I want to share the hope with everyone I meet. Later that day, I read this to Todd and he smiled. He smiled, that sweet, peaceful smile. And he said, I can't wait to see it. And I know that he is today just from a different view. <laughs> Stephanie told me that she wouldn't be able to speak at um, Todd's funeral, but that she would speak today, and you just did. And I can't say enough of the kind of picture that you are to people right now, anyone that is in pain or struggling, that questions God, has to look at you right now and has to consider that he must be real. For someone to do this six days after the love of their life passed away is evidence of God's spirit in you and what a privilege it is to baptize you. So is it true, Stephanie, that you've said yes to following Jesus? 
Is it true that you want to follow him all the rest of our days? Your days, I should say. Well, it is our privilege to baptize you with Jesus and Todd looking down with their support. Sorry, I keep turning on and off my microphone. What, a, what an incredible opportunity today we've all had to hear stories and to be moved by baptisms. To hear what it's like to go from old to new, right? Sins washed away, brand new in Christ. Every weekend we gather into this room to celebrate the gospel, which means good news. What is the good news? We say it all the time. God has done for us through Jesus what we could never do for ourselves. Thank you for being here. May I pray for us, please? And now, God, we go out of here filled with images and stories. May these propel us to be followers of Christ. And as we follow you, Jesus, by your Spirit, would you transform us from the inside out to be more like Christ himself. Help us to be your church loving one another in this room and loving our community and loving our world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have a great weekend.